You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. All right, we're broadcasting from St. Andrew's Church in Brainerd, Minnesota, and we're going 3D here for the next 30 minutes. 3D Radio, and each of the Ds in this case stands for the name Daniel. All three orders of uh, clerical status, right? Would you call it that? Yeah, oh, not all three orders. Excuse me. There's no bishop There's here. There's no bishop here. Unless... you got a you, father, you a deacon, and a most mister. You okay. may have learned this in a previous month. Father Daniel Weiske, Deacon Daniel Goshi, and most mister Daniel Johnson. There's this thing at seminary where people, they get installed as acolytes. Before a bishop, they make... Um, they're given a chalice and a patent and instituted to formally serve at the altar and... Mr. Dan Johnson had been in the seminary for a couple of years and was instituted as an acolyte. So he was so, uh, instituted so, as a most mister. Yeah, your official title is most mister. That's does, right. does, does, you, Trivia. does your wife call you that? Yes. Does she? My whole family is they say most mister. Most mister. Yeah. 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 yeah, I can just see her. And I will it. remain silent until they do address me that So they way. probably <laughs> would never say it just to keep you quiet. <laughs> That's that's a good ploy. You just gave them an idea. Yeah. (laughs) If they hadn't thought of it themselves, I questioned them. (laughs) So we've got, what, about uh, 25, 30, 28 and a half minutes to just fill uh, with no, (laughs) I know, right? With absolutely no uh, idea. We haven't even talked ahead of time what What we're going to talk about. What do you mean? So we're just going to, I'd like to begin with a reference to your socks. Thank you. Oh, dear, my socks. What about them? Your socks. You have very interesting socks. I am wearing a gift that was given to me by someone in the office, and it's in honor of that person today These socks who turns been... 50. Oh! Whoa. Wow. These socks were, Did you know? were given to you by a... By a, a, by a uh, Whoa. The socks were a gift? Now, it's not often that I'm told to tone it down, yeah. but I just got to mention, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So, I'm it, usually called the mild-mannered is, one. But uh, we need, we today, I got, a little, I got a little... <laughs> we got to, a reminder uh, in our ear that the listener didn't hear. Tell Father Daniel to tone it down a bit. Yeah, yeah. I and think, I think they were referring I, to the socks. Okay. He, he didn't say tone it down. That's true. Turn, but that was the turn message. It down. That was, yeah. Yeah. Turn, no, but it was it. funny because last night I had to practice my yelling skills at someone, too, which oh, good. I just got commended for. So... Um, which doesn't happen often, really, but you know, when it's necessary, it's necessary. So, so you receive these I, socks as a gift. So I think people are probably dying to know. Um, I just looked under the table because I wanted to. I wanted to see, and it mm-hmm. seems like there might be cats that are. Is it, cats, is it cats there's, on your there's, socks? There's cats. One wearing. Oh, they're wearing glasses. These are cats with glasses on them. These are these. The liturgical sock of a. I usually wear. Um, if someone gives me a religious sock, I'll wear the religious sock. Sure. This sure. is the only sock I really wear that's. Has some kind of I don't know cats. character on it. Cats with glasses. You know, there's yeah. right. There are different saints. Mm-hmm. There's the keys of Saint Peter. Sure. Um, usually on these days I wear one of those. Most days I just wear black. Okay. But um, this is in honor of our birthday person. So you uh, just, who is a cat fan? You don't see a lot of cats with glasses anymore. It seems like that's kind of they've uh, all gone contact. Yeah. Or right. they had the surgery, the LASIK. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Well, you know, the thing, like we've heard, you know, Pope Francis even talks about how much people spend on their pets, the food and the care. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, it's like with, with the eye care for pets, too. You know, like you said, it's no you, longer just glasses. It's LASIK. Very, it's very caring, man. Yeah. I, no, I haven't given mine LASIK. Mm-hmm. Right? They, she's mm-hmm. healthy. Yeah. She's only four. But 
Yeah. Um, and I only took her in because she had the priest outfit, you know, the black fur with the, the white black collar. with the white neck there. Yeah, and then my color. brother and his wife just got a cat. They were newly married. And it's like, well, this is a way I can make inroads, you know, just to have something else to have in common. You don't, you know, it's always good to have more and more links. Yeah. To family. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, so do you think this is what the producers of Real Presence Live had in mind when they said, let's give them 30 minutes to just probably yak? Cat I think socks, so. Cats with glasses on socks. We always bring it back priests. to something. Uh, socks on pops, faithful, so to speak. Yeah. And, and joyful. And, you know, and those, were, those were a gift from, from a they parishioner. Were. Both Which, of them? You know, what, we can, what, what I'd like to share about that is it's a reminder. All these things, these last days in the song, it's all about the reminder of human dignity. Mm-hmm. That we value mm-hmm. each other. We see that God has put a goodness in each person. And we want to recognize that. And even little things right. that we do can recognize that. Sure. Appreciating things people do trying to host little parties for them to recognize that their life is good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, complimenting people like Deacon Dan for his uh, radio voice. Why? That, oh, I forgot to do that. I was supposed to do the radio You know, all the little things, things we do help to build up each other, encourage one another, which is also a reflection of our belief in their dignity. How's that? Want me to do my radio voice? Yes. What is now it? sporting the latest in liturgical hosiery, it's Father Daniel with Cats with Glasses. But I don't, I don't really know where to go with that. <laughs> I don't either. I predict next month they give us five minutes, I'm, maybe tops, to talk. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Amazon and eBay are probably lighting up right now. Oh, I think we were told we were taking a 10-minute break. Yeah, I was, yeah, it might be a 20-minute break. I, think I, I, just, I just heard in my headphones, I think we'll go to a break now. This oh. is going nowhere fast. But. Oh, brother. But you know, it is interesting, those little things, really, truly, those little everyday um, encounters, even what you call each other, the names that you used to refer to each other, have a big impact. You know, I don't know if any of us grew up in homes where we were called names. I grew names. up in homes. Where we were called names, but uh-huh. we hear about that kind of thing. So, yep. you know, we joke about your most mister, your deacon, you know, but I, I, thankfully I grew up in a home that was, um, you know, very loving and there was clear standards about behavior. And even if mm-hmm. we'll just say if dad got angry, okay, I knew what that meant. There was, you know, things were not going to get out of hand by any means. You mm-hmm. know, it, was, mm-hmm. it is what it is. There's discipline, you know, there's love and that was good. Reflected in language too. And many people grow up in homes where that's not the case. Mm-hmm. You know, there are epithets thrown at them. There's, you're worthless. You know, what are you good for? There, you know, all kinds of, mm-hmm. or, or yeah. certainly things that are much more right. uh, damaging than that. So, um, I don't know. There, see, even little things like like um, our celebrating S- each other's lives can be with so- with a reflection of our, our encouragement, belief in their dignity. You know? mm-hmm. Or avoiding saying things that are rude and coarse and mm-hmm. um, and vulgar to each other, huh? Yeah. My nickname was Porky. Was it really? Mm. Oh, who called you that? My family. Did they really? Mm. Yeah. Lovingly, though. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Porky. Oh. I think you know Porky Pig. Can you do the? Can you do it? Can we hear? I, I don't. I don't really do Porky Pig. You I don't. can do Kermit the Frog. Okay. Well, Hi, let's hear Kermit the Frog here. I'm here with Father Daniel <laughs> and most Mister Daniel. Yeah. Where did Ernie come hey, from? Hey, Piggy. Yeah, Ernie. Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, it, it was. It was a. I, th- I think it's because, believe it or not, when I was a toddler, I was kind of a round toddler. It's mm. hard to believe. We're looking at me now, and I think I went around often without the pants. Oh dear! Mm. You know, walking around the house and at the age of two without pants, and so did Porky. I know a lot Pig of people that wear shorts. Yeah. Huh? So I know a lot of people that wear shorts. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't think I had the shorts. Oh. I think I had. <laughs> I think I had the garment that protects the shorts on. You yeah. know. But otherwise, and that's it. I'm guessing. I don't really know. You know, I was I was very young when I was two. 
So I don't have a great recollection mm-hmm. of why they called me Porky. But sometimes my dad would speak Latin and he'd call me Porcus della Morcus, mm. just to class it up a little bit. <laughs> Anybody else got anything? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to talk about gardening? Well, you know, we can do that now. Yeah, that reminds me too, you know, that debate about public masses and, mm-hmm. you know, could you do outdoor masses and all that? Well, yeah, that's a great. Uh, they did that in Milan and you know the time of St. Charles mm-hmm. Borromeo that's a beautiful idea mm-hmm. uh, when it's needed except when it's 25 degrees and there's snow and ice on the ground right like we had here we get what, that you here know, yeah mm-hmm. so um, yeah there's so many complications and religious liberty huge issue I'm, I'm glad that we have uh, intelligent and um, courageous people working on that front uh, in our state and I'm sure around the country but what do you suppose that discussion was like, you know, I mean, behind the scenes, mm. you know, is, is this the time to make our, to make our move, to take our stand? You know, I mean, there was a combination of emotion and reason, you know, that, that all went into it and, mm-hmm. and pastoral care. But I kind of ponder, wonder mm-hmm. what that was like. I would love to hear someday if, mm-hmm. you know, like, didn't, weren't there books written about, um, and this is a different situation, but like the Cuban, Cuban Missile Crisis, like mm-hmm. the decision-making process and all the mm-hmm. discussions mm-hmm. and who was on what side of the issue. and what, it'd be, it'd, On a lesser scale, it'd be interesting to hear what those discussions were like. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I remember such a confrontation, and at least in our state, mm-hmm. um, on that yeah. I was truly shocked um, on that day that the governor came out with the statements about um, other places opening, but churches mm-hmm. not. Right. He dialed back the restrictions. <clears throat> Um, increased the restrictions on churches that day, which was just, I shuddered. I was just amazed. Couldn't believe it. Um, and knowing, I mean, I had some training in college and graduate school about those issues of when can the government um, restrict you know, freedoms and those, because mm-hmm. I was looking at going into that field. <clears throat> you have to be trained what you can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. And not being a lawyer, but you get training on those things. And it, it was just like, as Jason said, there has to be a compelling government interest. Public health, okay, there's debate about that, but no one was arguing at the time that you know coronavirus is a threat. We don't know all the ins and outs of it, but it's a threat. Um, but the measures used to uh, achieve that compelling interest have to be narrowly tailored mm-hmm. to achieving that goal, and they cannot discriminate, uh, you know, against one field or another without a very compelling reason. Um, let alone religion, which is not just equal with other uh, areas of activity in our well constitution, but in fact privileged. So it was just shocking, and I was, you know, within an hour or two, you know, the bishops came out with their statement, and I was thankful the governor obviously came to the table and mm-hmm. and worked things out within a couple of days. But when we don't know what was going on, and we have to keep that in mind too, in the mm-hmm. governor's office or administration, right. we don't know right. all their discussions, what uh, pressures they were under, or what was you know leading them to ignore certain things or you know, to focus on certain things. We don't know. Um, we know the outward words and the outward actions, which were. Um, not acceptable up until that that day that that equitable decision was made. But yeah, it was it was a jarring time. It mm-hmm. was really uh, challenging. It was, but it was I thought encouraging to see the bishop standing up um, in a reasoned way. Yeah, you're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi. Father Daniel Weiske is with us, and also um, the most Mister uh, Dan Johnson. And we're broadcasting from St. Andrew's Church in Brainerd. We've been given 30 minutes to just fill on our own, which is a dangerous <laughs> thing to do. But but uh, we don't really have a, a, a subject in mind. But I was kind well, of... Well, Jesus. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. 
But you know, one thing that um, this whole pandemic threw off was our, we'll, we'll say our sacramental schedule, not just mm-hmm. public masses, mm-hmm. but those who are preparing to receive their first Holy Communion, right. those who are being confirmed, were just finalizing schedules for those things that would have been done a month or two ago. Sure. But regarding our CIA, Dan Johnson works with our local uh, candidates and catechumens, and um, you know they've been many of them patiently waiting. I, I think patiently anyway. But what have you heard from them about? What's it been like working with them in this world of Zoom and world of waiting? Well, it was. Uh, I think if we use one word to describe it, I would say awkward. <laughs> um, at the very beginning of this, so we as soon as we stopped uh, meeting together. Uh, in person, we resumed RCIA with, via Zoom. Mm-hmm. So we had a we took maybe one or two weeks where we didn't meet, and then we started mm-hmm. gathering again with Zoom. And it was a it's a great way to be able to connect. But it also within I think about probably four weeks worth of meeting, the gloriousness of meeting somebody on a computer screen starts to get a little bit. <laughs> it wanes just a little bit, <laughs> and. Uh, so it was it was good to be able to connect that way, but also I think there's, especially after ha- having come back and starting to meet with people in person again, uh, we were definitely made uh, to be in community with, with each other. And I'm, a, I'm also a raging extrovert, so I'm energized by being with people versus gardening by myself mm-hmm. outside, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, although I do enjoy that as well. Um, so for the RCIA folks, uh, we actually are going to uh, next, actually next week, I'm in the process, not literally right this moment, but just before I came in here, I was actually sending an email out with some, uh, some dates and times. We're going to actually come back together, um, and do a little, uh, decompressing, mm-hmm. um, rather than just throw them into, here's the sacraments, uh, good luck. Um, hope to see you back again real soon. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll come together again and uh, do some preparatory stuff before they actually are fully initiated into the life of the church. So, and I think we have what do we have five? Well, you you just brought somebody in this mm-hmm. this last weekend, um, and I've got four or five more that are uh, that will actually be fully initiated into the church. Mm-hmm. Will you be able to do that in in one mass or or separate? Yeah. We so the the rest are would actually be from Saint Francis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think it will probably be one mass. Okay. Yeah. Plenty of room. Yeah. Well, I'll have a couple of adult baptisms mm-hmm. um, and uh, three confirmations. Okay. So. Yeah. What is the, the, the attitude of, I mean, you mentioned awkward, but what is the attitude of the recipients of these sacraments? Are they saying, come on, let's get, <laughs> I mean, are they chomping at the bit? I, I would, no, I would say the, um, I would say they've, I think, been very patient. Mm-hmm. They're definitely ready. And as all of them told me, as soon as we're able to um, actually receive the sacraments and come into the church, we want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also haven't been getting hate mail from them or anything like yeah, that saying, yeah. you know, <laughs> when is... When, when are we going to get the show on the road? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hmm. Right. Beautiful. Well, you mentioned the, the the lackluster of Zoom meetings. You know how that <laughs> how that kind of fades away. And I was talking with some people as well um, about masses, virtual masses. How How difficult it is, you know, I'm not the priest, I'm just the deacon, but how difficult it is even for me for some reason, to enter into, at Mass, by the altar, uh, as deeply uh, in, into it as, as I am when, when the body of Christ is present and you can see them. And we're, we're spiritual and physical beings. You know, we need, we need that, 
that presence as well. And uh, when I've had a homily to deliver, you know, to, to deliver a homily to a phone, you know, or a, or a laptop, <laughs> it, 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 it was just, I, I thought, for my part, what I, what I was doing, just assisting, it took a whole lot more energy to, to go through the, my parts of the Mass. For sure. Than it than it does when when there are people there. Yeah, and uh, and and I know from I, I never had to to watch a mass on online. I was always able to be present. But those that that viewed and, and participated in the mass from their homes had a similar comment. You know, they couldn't enter into and participate as fully as I mean. I, I talked to some one woman who was who was very honest and and not proud of what. But she would sit down with some snacks and a Coke, you know, and, and because you weren't in that liturgical setting and how important that, that an appropriate liturgical setting is with the body of Christ present. You know, I mean, there, there are so many things that people say, well, you can pray anywhere, you can pray anywhere. And, and it's true, but there's something special about the liturgy mm-hmm. and the structure of the building and the appointments of, of the building, the statues, the windows, the incense, you know, the, the, what you see, what you hear, what you feel, your surroundings, that just are so important for uh, a person to enter more fully and participate more fully in the liturgy. That, uh, mm-hmm. that uh, I mean, I also had families in our church that, that uh, put on their suits and ties and, and their Sunday dresses and, and watched the Mass, you know, that way too. Um, in some households, you know, the dogs were present father maybe the cat <laughs> i mean there are so many so many things that you that, that it's not true that it doesn't matter what the building looks like or where you are or who's present that 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 doesn't make a difference it, it absolutely does yeah i had one person just share that yeah in those first weeks you know we're there and i'm sitting in my chair in the recliner because watching in the living room on the tv mm-hmm. yeah i had my cup of coffee and and i said it and all of a sudden boom i just you just I never dropped things, but he dropped it all over himself and all, you know, burned a little bit. So I learned my lesson. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was such a strange, or is for some people, but was certainly a strange situation. I've heard so many families now, especially those with with children of different ages. I mean, the young and you know teenagers that, you know, for a few weeks it was okay. You know, mm-hmm. we could kind of sit down and focus and pray. Mm-hmm. It was weird, but but we mm-hmm. could do it. But man, after by the time we were hitting three four weeks ago. There was no way that you know no one was focusing. It was just not possible to stay right. engaged, right. and so just such a challenge when you're trying to help your children, or even yourselves, is to focus mm-hmm. on the Lord, to mm-hmm. pray. You know, you're being um, uh, dutiful, you're being devoted, and trying to you know, take part in Mass and do your daily prayers, and you know, and live, live with love. But it was such a a challenge that you know, just like this relief, mm-hmm. this release of being able to come back to Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even those that you might not expect, you know, to say, "Oh, I miss mass." Like, right. Some of them are. I had some. Uh, there's at least one person that was in her 70s saying, "Man, I never thought I'd miss mass." <laughs> so right. as she grew up, there's the obligation to go, and that was maybe a primary motivator, up, even up until recently. But oh, I never thought I'd miss mass, but but I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there's a big difference between simply being connected and being in communion. You know, I mean, there's. Just a great abyss between those two words when yeah. you think about it, mm-hmm. between connection and communion and, and, and being in, in, in that space. And it, it, one reflects on faithfuls, the faithful in countries and places where they cannot 
you know, that's dangerous or there is not a mass anywhere nearby to be offered mm -hmm. and how they long for the Eucharist and long for, for, <clears throat> you know, for, for communion and, and, uh, um, and to gather and to worship in that way. And it, it just was, you know, there, there are, people have said many times and it's true, there are, there are positive things that came out of that. And, and for me, one of those was just realizing, you know, how blessed we are just to have this opportunity to, you know, there's a mass every day of the week in several churches nearby. I can pick one. And, and, and others who go months or maybe years, priests who are imprisoned and unable to, you know, to perform their, their duties as, as they would like and celebrate mass without, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, right. I can't imagine. I just can't imagine what it's, well, I guess I can imagine a little bit since we had to go through something similar, but... I had yeah. my experience, my <clears throat> just my own personal experience of doing the online mass uh, at home. The uh, I so I have a very easy tendency just to go off the rails um, in following the Lord. So I, I part of me feels like I received a special grace that every Sunday mass uh, that we did at home, there was something actually that I noticed within the mass uh, that I have never noticed being actually present mm -hmm. that it was that I was actually thankful for mm -hmm. and so from that perspective it was um I would say I feel like it was almost a graced period of we can't go to mass but we can at least participate mm -hmm. um in this way but I also found just a longing within me within probably a month or so of not actually being able to go to mass that a sense of how much I actually need the eucharist mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. thought Gosh, if we're if life can go on like this for an indefinite period of time, I was getting to the point, and maybe not so much in my desire. I definitely had desires for the Eucharist, but just knowing how desperate I am for the grace that comes from actually receiving the sacraments, mm -hmm. um, and that I need it because I have a tendency to be a complete bum a lot of times, and. Um, there's just no substitute for actually receiving the Lord himself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and what he can do uh, within us. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of went from, this has been a graced period of not being able to go, but actually still having an appreciation to, I'm at a point now where I think I would rather honestly maybe get sick and die with the sacraments than to be separated from the sacraments mm -hmm. and, um, and live a long life. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. What do you feel, or, or just maybe reflect a little bit on the um, the grace, receiving the, the physical body and blood of Christ, spiritual communion, you know, grace available in both of those. How about just that longing? Are there, are there graces involved just in the longing that it's not a spiritual communion necessarily? I suppose you, you could call it that, but it's not a physical communion. But just in the longing itself, don't you feel that there are some, some beautiful graces that come from that? Yeah, I would imagine that it's pleasing to the Lord, I think, to know that certainly He longs for us mm -hmm, mm -hmm. way more than we long for Him. Right. And the moments we have where we recognize that longing... Um, I would think is pleasing to him. I, I think of, we had, this was a year or two ago, we had um, the sisters, Father, where, where were the sisters from uh, that we had for 40 hours here? Uh, Sister Gaudia? So, yeah, so I think uh, of... Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy, wasn't it? That, but they're the sisters that, it's the order that St. Faustina belonged to. Yeah, and okay. Sister Gaudia, um, 
was talking to us about uh, St. Faustina and how Jesus would smile at somebody simply stopping by the church, even if it's just for a few minutes, mm -hmm. just to stop in to say hi mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just simply to greet our Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think of that often in even our own disposition when we're experiencing moments of longing for him. Mm -hmm. Um, that it's pleasing to him that his love is reciprocated. I think that's a hard concept for people to, to grasp was this longing that he has for us. You know, I, I think that's really, you know, we can think, oh, he probably longs for that person and that person, but not me. You know, yeah. I, I think it's it's really hard to for people to wrap their head around this aching that that to put it in human terms, this aching, this desire, this passion he has to be with us and for us to be with him. Yeah. yeah, and there's a place. Uh, Saint Augustine talks about this longing, the, the, the really the prayer of desire to that question. It, it really is um, a holy thing. It is a desire. It's a way the Lord stretches and, and grows us. So he has a letter he wrote to a, a person named Proba, and speaks about, in fact, how to pray always. That's through your desire. So it's the desire, the longing that, in fact, is your prayer. Which what is prayer? It's something that draws you into deeper communion with God. So even if you're not physically receiving, that is one of the graces of the last three months for those that they experience that longing, which is a reminder of the great value, mm -hmm. uh, the, the miracle, the gift that Jesus gives us in the Eucharist. Uh, but also that, that, that positive growth could be happening there as you have desire. We talk about baptism of desire for catechumens that, let's say, die before mm, they're baptized. Right, right. Uh, they're on the path, they're fully intending to be baptized, but there is still a grace there. Um, well, there's this... Uh, desire for the Eucharist, and, mm -hmm. and even Eucharist when we're desire. receiving the Eucharist, having that desire that's just stretching our souls, you know, inflaming our souls, perhaps you exercise your desire, as Saint Augustine says, and mm -hmm. that is that's a form of prayer. And but the Lord often, why does He delay the fulfillment of our desire? You know, it's to stretch it, to increase mm -hmm. our capacity, mm -hmm. and perhaps our gratitude for the gift. Um, but I think primarily just to open us to more and more. Um, capacity to receive that love, that, that communion with him. So mm -hmm. uh, St. Augustine's letter to Proba is a beautiful reflection is. on that it's topic. Gorgeous. Yeah. Very beautiful. I learned a lot about prayer, I think. Yeah. Well, we had a reading <clears throat> recently, um, well, certainly the Vigil of Pentecost, you know, Romans chapter 8 talks about the Holy Spirit in us groaning, mm -hmm. with, you know, there are indiscernible groanings within us, and the Spirit right, is right. praying within yeah. us. Yeah. So I think it's another way to understand that, that longing, that groaning as a positive way the Lord is, is working within us, huh? Mm -hmm. so, well, there we go. Yeah. We did it. 30 minutes. See if they give it to us again. <laughs> uh, up next, we're going to reflect back on 25 years of the priesthood with Father, Father Tony Robleski, and uh, today is actually his anniversary day, right? It is indeed. And so uh, that and more to come. I'm uh, Deacon Dan Goshi. We've got Father Daniel Weiske, and thank you most, Mr. Dan Johnson, for it's, joining us as well. It's been well my great pleasure. Real Presence Live. <laughs>